Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. Did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Go to hymns.com slash joy. Through Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, and the process is 100% online. To start your free online visit, go to hymns.com slash joy. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. This is WTOP, Washington's news, traffic, and weather station. WTOP-FM, Washington. WWWTFM fm Nassus. WTLP-FM, Braddock Heights, Frederick. WTOP News. Facts matter. And let's go to Bob Imler in the WTOP Traffic Center. Pretty good shape around the Beltway for the most part. Virginia had the work zone on the inner loop after the Dulles Toll Road. Single lane getting by to the left there. And 66 is running pretty well. 95 south after exit 136 Centerport Parkway. Single lane getting by road work. And in Maryland on 270, both ways between Route 109 and Route 80. Also getting by single file past the work zone. There is an unidentified slowdown on the inner loop of the Beltway, though, getting past Georgia Avenue and maybe have a new incident there. Baltimore-Washington Parkway was down to a single lane approaching the Beltway with road work, and the delay is cleared out. 50, clear sailing, getting out to the Bay Bridge, nothing in your way. WTLP Traffic Center, presented by Window Nation. Make no payments on your new windows for two full years. WindowNation.com. Bob Inler, WTLP Traffic. We're going to Veronica Johnson, 7 News First Alert, Chief Meteorologist. Expect colder conditions overnight with mainly clear skies. Your temperature is 25 to 32 degrees. Tomorrow, a chance for a sprinkle late during the evening, 5 p.m. till 7 p.m. Your high temperature around 50 degrees as clouds increase. And Friday night, tracking snow. We're on winter alert for one to three inches of snowfall. I'm 7 News Chief Meteorologist Veronica Johnson in the First Alert Weather Center. College Park is at 30, Fairfax 31, National Mall 37, some of us all the way down to 25 degrees. You're listening to WTOP, Washington's news, traffic, and weather station. WTOP News. Facts matter. Good evening, I'm Dimitri Sotis. Coming up, one person is dead and 22 hurt in a shooting after the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory celebration. A number of kids treated for injuries. Stay with us here on WTOP for continuing coverage. New tonight, locally. The gunman who shot three police officers ends his siege in Southeast. I'm Dick Iuliano. This is a complex deal. An inside look at how much work lies ahead on the Alexandria Arena plan. I'm Nick Ainelli. President Biden lashed out at Special Counsel Robert Hur for a question that was reported never asked during the investigation. NBC News has dug up some new details that we'll get into at 11.15. And the Wiz lose 11 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Jennifer Kuyper. As the Kansas City Chiefs parade and rally wrapped up with thousands outside of Union Station, shots were fired. It was very scary. Everybody was down on the ground, you know, I mean, and then we got up and tried to Refocus, you know, it was awful. 22 people were wounded, and KKFI-FM says DJ Lisa Lopez died. More from KCTV reporter Neil Jones. law enforcement officers were on site, many running toward the gunfire, taking two armed suspects into custody. As all this was unfolding, we were covering the celebration live. And you've got kids, and you've got elderly people, and you're not expecting something like this. It, it was just as, as horrible a feeling as you can imagine. People began to run as hard as they could in all directions. People knocked down, children knocked down. 
President Biden is calling on Congress to pass a ban on high-powered guns. The chairman of the House Intelligence Committee issues a statement about an unspecified serious national security threat and urges the Biden administration to discuss it. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan won't discuss the nature of the threat, but says... Americans uh, understand that there are a range of threats and challenges in the world that we're dealing with every single day. And uh, those threats and challenges range from terrorism to state actors. And we have to contend with them, and we have to contend with them in a way where we ensure the ultimate security of the American people. Across the nation, rideshare drivers with companies including Uber and Lyft have put their cars in park to protest pay and working conditions, according to a couple of drivers in Chicago. We need safety. A lot of drivers are getting carjacked every single day. A lot of the drivers, they don't make uh, enough, especially I mean, these days. The rates are really low. People are struggling. They call this a day of action. Illegal border crossings are down. CBS's Stacey Lynn with the numbers. Arrests were down 50% in January from record highs in December. There were over 124,000 last month compared to the all-time high of 249,735 arrests in the final month of 2023. With immigration being one of the top issues in this year's presidential election, the sharp decline is welcome news for the White House. Stacey Lynn, CBS News, Washington. Three-time World Series champion Don Gullett has died. Gullett pitched with the Cincinnati Reds for seven of his nine seasons. The Reds posted on X that he dedicated 24 years to the franchise as a player, coach, and minor league instructor. Gullett helped Cincinnati win the World Series in 1975 and 76 and helped the Yankees to the title in 77. No cause of death was reported. Gullett was 73. This is CBS News. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. 11.03 here on WTOP, Wednesday night, February 14th, 2024. College Park is at 30 degrees. We're heading down to 25. Good evening, I'm Dimitri Sotis with the top local stories we're following this hour. New tonight, a day-long standoff that began with a gunman shooting three police officers, according to authorities, ended peacefully tonight. WTOP's Dick Giuliano at the scene. Police say members of the emergency response team successfully negotiated the gunman's surrender from a home in the 5,000 block of Hannah Place Southeast. Police say the siege began around 7.30 in the morning when the man fired shots, striking three officers who were there to serve an arrest warrant on charges of animal cruelty. Police identify the man as 46-year-old Julius James of Southeast. He's been charged with animal cruelty, and more charges are likely following the assault on the officers. A fourth police officer was injured at the scene. Police say all officers are in stable condition and expected to recover. Dick Iuliano, WTOP News. This is Kate Ryan. The Humane Rescue Alliance issued a statement saying their field services director was on scene when three D.C. police officers were shot. In its statement, the HRA said its staff member was not injured. HRA has an animal protection enforcement department that, according to its website, investigates more than 1,800 complaints of animal cruelty each year. There are five full-time humane law enforcement officers who respond to calls 24-7. HRA says it can't give any further details because the case is part of a larger investigation with the Metropolitan Police Department, but we'll share more information when it can. Kate Ryan, WTOP News. Other news tonight, there's a very long and uncertain road ahead for the plan 
to move the Capitals and Wizards to a new arena in Alexandria, WTOP gets an inside look at the next steps from a member of the Alexandria City Council, a report prepared by WTOP's Nick Ainelli. We're concerned with the impact that there's going to be potentially on the surrounding housing market. That's one of the many questions Alexandria City Council members have as they consider the arena plan and watch to see if it's going to pass in Virginia's General Assembly. If it does pass, the plan would then need to get the green light from the City Council. Councilmember Kanek Agura tells WTOP he and his colleagues would want to ensure that the plan includes adequate funding in Alexandria for affordable housing and transportation improvements. If it does pass in Richmond, we still have to go through our process here in Alexandria, which we're still looking at easily six to eight months of public engagement. We're still at the very beginning of this entire process. Nick Ainelli, WTOP News. It's 11.06, a TikTok ban has failed in the General Assembly in Richmond. The GOP effort was aimed at preventing kids in Virginia from using the popular video-sharing app. The bill died in a House of Delegates committee after concerns were raised about the ban and how it would be enforced. Lawmakers also questioned why the General Assembly should single out one company at a time of rising concern from parents about the overall effect of social media. The company that owns TikTok, for its part, it says it works hard to protect teens' well-being. It also argues that the bans like this one proposed in Virginia, raised significant First Amendment concerns. 11.06 here on WTOP. The Office of Attorney General Anthony Brown in Maryland is actively seeking testimony from victims of child sex abuse in Maryland locations of the Catholic Archdiocese of D.C. and the Diocese of Wilmington, Delaware. Maryland Matters reports this is all for the ongoing probe into the Catholic Church. The office says that they're grateful to all survivors who have come forward. They encourage those who haven't yet but may be ready to do so now. Last year, the Attorney General's office released a nearly 500-page interim report on its investigation of child sexual abuse by clergy in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. The investigation started back in 2018, following the airing of the 2017 Netflix series The Keepers, which uncovered a history of child sex abuse in a Baltimore Catholic high school. The outreach to potential victims in Maryland's two other Catholic dioceses, is a sign that the state is expanding and intensifying its investigation. In the midst of a teacher shortage, Prince William County Public Schools are getting a little extra cash to help fill some of those vacancies. WTOP Scott Gelman says it's part of a program that brings college students into the classroom while they're finishing school. We're losing a whole generation of future teachers by not thinking differently. So Virginia State Superintendent Lisa Coons is taking steps to change that. Here at Leeselvania Elementary, she announced the $350,000 grant that will let Prince William County support up to 25 teacher apprentices. It's a partnership with VCU that pays students to teach and covers their tuition. This program is amazing. It gives these apprentices the opportunity to get that work experience. Third grade teacher Leah Moore is mentoring Amani Gray. Gray was a teaching assistant for nine years and cost was a barrier to becoming a full-time teacher. It's very important that the students see that there is someone who is caring about them. In Woodbridge, Scott Gelman, WTOP News. When the two-year program ends, they get jobs in schools that are hard to staff. Coming up here on WTOP in the early part of the year here, we've seen a lot of job cuts in varied fields from media to technology. Now some job cuts on Wall Street. We'll tell you about it coming up. Michael and Son's heating tune-up for only $59. Michael and Son. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Here's Ken Berger in the WTOP Traffic Center. 
Thank you very much, Dimitri. Uh, Dimitri traffic beginning to stack up in the inner loop of the Beltway up in Montgomery County. The accident reported in the area between Georgia Avenue and Colesville Road, U.S. 29. Uh, they don't have any lane information at this time, but it's definitely there. The delays are building back prior to Georgia Avenue. You have to allow yourself a little bit of extra time on the top side of the Beltway in a loop. Then the inner loop in Prince George's County had an accident reported near Ritchie Marlboro Road. was in the right lane, they said. Didn't see any evidence of it. Now they tell us that the accident, what's left of it, is sitting in the right off-ramp on uh, the Beltway inner loop near Ritchie Marlboro Road. In Virginia, you got the accident working. This is on southbound 95, just north of US 17, Warrington Road in the Fredericksburg area. This crash taking away the far right lane, but there are minimal delays because of this. In Stafford County, US 1 southbound, just south of Virginia 218, actually in either direction, you will find that the right lane is blocked because of ongoing bridge inspection work. 95 southbound south of Dale Boulevard for construction activity with the right lane and right shoulder closed. Northbound 95 for the roadside maintenance near Lorton Road, the right lane and the right shoulder closed in Virginia. The WTOP newsroom is furnished by Regency Furniture. Shop Regency's President's Day sale and enjoy 25% off plus free delivery. Affordable never looks so good. I'm Ken Berger, WTOP Traffic. Next, it's Veronica Johnson. She's 7 News First Alert Chief Meteorologist. I'm tracking two weather makers over the next couple of days. A weak one for tomorrow, maybe a sprinkle, a stronger one for Friday late overnight. Chance for some snow. This evening, again, our temperatures falling with some scattered clouds by morning, 25 to 32 degrees. Colder start for tomorrow and a high temperature tomorrow around 50 degrees. Your chance of a sprinkle will be during the evening hours, 5, 6, 7 o'clock. Then that system is out of here. Bigger system for Friday. Again, we're on winter alert for the accumulating snowfall, tracking one to three inches. I'm 7 News Chief Meteorologist Veronica Johnson in the First Alert Weather Center. Georgetown 35, Bowie 29, Leesburg 30 degrees, and some parts of our area down to the middle 20s. We're brought to you by Long Fence. Save 25% on decks, pavers, and fences. Six months, no payment, no interest. Conditions apply. Go to longfence.com. Money News, 10 and 40 past the hour. And Denise Pellegrini. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. Stocks finished higher today. After that sell-off we had yesterday on inflation concerns, investors seem to be putting that behind it. Tech stocks leading the way today. The Dow better by four-tenths of a percent. The S&P 500 up 1%. The NASDAQ up 1.3%. NVIDIA shares among the gainers today on AI optimism. And Uber shares surged to a record high on plans to buy back shares. Job cuts on Wall Street. We're hearing Morgan Stanley planning to eliminate several hundred jobs. Sources say the cuts will affect less than 1% of employees in the wealth management business. And it's the firm's largest unit right now. A representative for Morgan Stanley declining to comment. And watch for more banks to open up. Pennsylvania-based PNC Financial Services plans to spend about a billion dollars to open new branches and renovate existing ones through 2028 with 100 new branches in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio, as well as Denver, Miami, and some other locations. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Denise Pellegrini on WTOP. All Asia-Pacific markets are higher. Tokyo stocks, for example, are up 1%. Still to come tonight on WTOP, this was a famous line from last week's news conference by President Biden. I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. But there is new reporting tonight from NBC News that the president was not the one who asked the question. He was the one 
who brought up Bo Biden. We'll talk to the NBC correspondent who broke that story coming up. Home sales can get complicated. Maryland Congressman Glenn Ivey provides perspective on how the government and the real estate industry can work together in a recent discussion sponsored by Bright MLS. You also need enforcement when there is actual discrimination. It might be a redlining issue in a community, and we've had some of those pop up over the last few years. And sometimes the Department of Justice has to intervene on those or state officials. It's still a challenge. We still have to make sure that they have the tools to enforce those things. To watch the full discussion, visit WTOP.com and search Bright MLS. Home. It's a fundamental human right. Today, multiple listing services like Bright MLS ensure that all Americans have equitable access to every home available for sale. Without the MLS, fair housing can fall short, opening the door for discrimination and unfair business practices. Supporting the MLS supports an open, clear, competitive housing marketplace where everyone has the same opportunity to find a place to call home. To learn more about the value of the MLS, visit brightmls.com slash open. Washington's top news, WTOP. Facts matter. It's 1114 and I'm Dimitri Sotis. Thank you for being with us. One particular line in special counsel Robert Hur's report on President Biden's handling of classified documents has now become famous, a famous focal point for the president as he defended himself before reporters last week. I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, wasn't any of their damn business. However, there's new reporting. Two people familiar with hers nearly five-hour interview of the president say that question was never asked. NBC News Justice and Intelligence correspondent Ken Delanian broke the story and joined us earlier to say that it was the president who brought up his son's death. Reasonable people can disagree about whether it was appropriate for the special counsel to cite Mr. Biden's alleged memory lapse about the date of his son's death in the report as an example of his faltering memory. But one thing that sources familiar with the interview are telling me is that Rob Hur, the special counsel, did not bring it up first, did not ask the question, which is the impression you got from that clip you played of, of the president saying, when I was asked, I thought it was none of their business. He was never asked, according to the sources I'm speaking to. It came up organically. Uh, Mr. Biden brought it up because he was talking about the period when he was working after he left the vice presidency in a rented home in Virginia with a ghostwriter working on a memoir about the death of his son. And that's when he was recorded on tape saying, I found all the classified stuff downstairs. And Mr. Hur was trying to figure out what was going on there and whether a crime had been committed, whether Biden willfully kept classified materials. Ultimately, he decided that there was no crime. But part of his reasoning for not bringing charges, he said, was Mr. Biden's failing memory And he used his inability to remember the date of his son's death as an example. And what I'm told is this wasn't just a a matter of a slip of a date or something. There was legitimate confusion on Mr. Biden's part about the sequence of events as he was trying to remember what happened. Bo Biden died in 2015. He was in the Virginia House between 2016 and 2018. And so the White House seized on this because they knew a lot of people would be angry about Mr. Herr. Uh, injecting his son's death into this special counsel's report. And they've been using it to attack the special counsel. And some people believe they've been using it to distract from some significant findings in the her report. So my question now is, who brought it up? Is that really a key key point here? The, the fact that it was included, but it's still important to know that it, it was the president who brought it up and not something that the prosecutors introduced into the conversation. I, I think it's only important because President Biden gave the public the impression that the special counsel was quizzing him on the date 
of his son's death, which a lot of people struck a lot of people as, as unfair. In fact, Eric Holder, the former attorney general, was on television the other day saying, why was he asking that question? What did that have to do with classified documents? That's a fair question, but that's not what happened. And that's why I wanted to get to the bottom of that with this reporting. Do you think that based on your, your new reporting, it changes the perception of how gratuitous this report was, if at all? You know, because as you know, that's a central question here. It should have been uh, just the facts, ma'am, kind of report, or, or maybe her was in the right to include some of this this texture, shall we say? Yeah, I think that's going to be an ongoing debate. I've heard lawyers, former prosecutors on both sides of this. Some say the memo that her was writing was a confidential memo to the attorney general, which was designed to explain why he wasn't bringing charges. And as part of that, he had to include the salient facts about Mr. Biden's, what he viewed as faulty memory. Other people say, no, it was gratuitous. He should have known it was going to be made public. It wasn't hers decision to make it public. It was Merrick Garland's decision. And he's done that with every special counsel report. In fact, every special counsel and independent counsel report going back to the 70s has been made public. It's a, it's a weird situation because normally the Justice Department doesn't talk about the conduct of people it doesn't charge, doesn't impugn people who don't have a chance to defend themselves, except in the case of these special counsel reports. Some people think that's unfair, but that's the system. Those are the rules. That's NBC News Justice and Intelligence Correspondent Ken Delanian. His new reporting is that the death of President Biden's son, Bo Biden, was never brought up by the special counsel in their interview with the president. He says it was President Biden that brought that up. Top stories on WTOP. The man accused of shooting three D.C. police officers who were serving a warrant in southeast D.C. this morning has surrendered after a nearly 13-hour standoff with police. One person is dead, several children and adults wounded after a shooting that followed the Chiefs' Super Bowl celebration in Kansas City, Missouri. Special Counsel Jack Smith with a new request to the Supreme Court in the D.C. Trump trial. And more on the way. Here's Ken Berger in the WTOP Traffic Center. Thank you very much, Dimitri. You had the, we had the accident working, but we in a loop up in Montgomery County in the area between Georgia Avenue and Colesville Road. They took away three left lanes, but that closure was very brief. Now we're told that it's moved over to the far right shoulder. The delays are still in place starting prior to Georgia Avenue, but they are getting better. Just be sure to move over to the far left lanes now because they have been reopened. The accident in Prince George's County in the inner loop at Ritchie Marlborough Road has been cleared off the exit ramps where everything is gone with that earlier crash. In Fairfax County, the new accident reported Lewinsville Road at Cloverleaf Drive, southbound 95 north of US-17, Warrington Road to Fredericksburg in Fredericksburg for the accident with the right lane blocked, but no major delays up and down the 95 corridor. There is some work zone up and down the 95 corridor, including southbound south of Dale Boulevard. Construction activity, the right lane right shoulder closed. Roadside maintenance, roadside maintenance northbound north of the Occoquan. It's the right lane and the right shoulder blocked in Loudoun County, Virginia 7, uh, about six miles west of uh, 287 in Purcellville. You're going to find the traffic engineering with the left lane, right lane. Both directions are alternating closures. Also got road work going on on US 50 uh, in Fairfax County, Arlington Boulevard, right around the beltway for traffic engineering. Both directions have the right lane and the right shoulder alternating mobile closures on the beltway out of loop south of 50 road widening operations. The right lane is blocked. Then the inner loop after the Dulles Toll Road, the left lane is getting by the work zone. I'm Ken Berger, WTOP Traffic. Next, we go to Veronica Johnson, 7 News First Alert Chief Meteorologist. Mainly clear skies here this evening. By morning, our temperatures will be much lower than this morning, 25 to 32 degrees across the area. Prior part of your day will be early on as clouds will be on the increase. 
increase, tracking a weak weather maker. Fast mover could give us some sprinkles during the evening hours Thursday. And then for Friday, once again, we'll start with sunshine with clouds increasing. High temperatures under 40 degrees. After midnight, there is a chance for some snow showers around the area going into early Saturday morning. Could get a quick one to three inches of snow. I'm 7 News Chief Meteorologist Veronica Johnson in the First Alert Weather Center. Rockville 28, Ashburn 32. Fort Washington, 32, right at freezing. Some of us could be down to 25 degrees overnight. We're brought to you by Len the Plumber Heating and Air. Trusted same-day service, seven days a week. Still ahead on WTOP, one of the stories that we've been following for the past day or so, a car smashing into the lobby of an emergency room in Texas. Do we know any more, more about the reasons for that? We'll take a look coming up here on WTOP. 1121. Pizza's here. Oh, great. I'd love some, but I'm worried about my stomach issues. If you're worried about having diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools, it may not just be stomach issues. It could be a condition called exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. With EPI, the pancreas doesn't release enough enzymes to break down food, but EPI is manageable. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. And now, another contractor spotlight from IBEW Local 26. Jared Tintel, Director of Operations with Jet Tech Solutions. Well, primarily the local has provided the opportunities to work with larger corporations. They've also provided education, which is substantial. If I worked in a non-union, I would not have had the opportunities for education, at least not available to me as as a normal individual with owning a house and you know living day-to-day life the education that you require to even get started is substantial job management and project management do come with that section of working within IBEW to start growing your electrical business go to ibewlocal26.org and click business opportunities IBEW Local 26 where electrical contractors come to grow. Good to have you here at 1123. What led a car to crash into the lobby of a hospital emergency room Tuesday in Austin, Texas? The 57-year-old driver was killed. Five other people were hurt, including a couple of children. Uh, Well, maybe there was an explosion of some kind. Stephen Um, Hughes was at the hospital and recorded the chaos in the moments that followed the crash. I could hear um, something was still on the accelerator, so the tires were still spinning, causing more and more smoke. The hospital's chief medical officer praised the quick action of first responders in the aftermath of the crash. It was a chaotic environment, um, but you added order. Um, and it made such a difference. The ER itself is still in good condition, and the rest of the hospital is fine. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Austin, Texas. New tonight, Prince William County Police have released some additional info about the suspect who carried out a deadly stabbing at a trade school in Manassas yesterday. According to police, they've identified him. Officers shot 26-year-old Philip Austin Brandt after spotting him outside the school building with a knife. Brad is accused of walking into a classroom at the school and stabbing two victims. As we say, he was shot dead. 23-year-old Elijah Safadi of Manassas died. Another student is in the hospital in critical condition.